0: Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast. We are your number one source for everything fitness related for first responders. I am your host. Scott Bisbee, and today we are interviewing Gary Pomelo. Hello everyone, this is Scott Bisbee. Welcome to another edition of Ops Fitness Podcast with a very special guest out of North Carolina who's been a paramedic for 20 plus years, Gary Pomelo. Gary, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Scott. How are you this morning? Uh, not too bad. Just uh, wiping the sleepies from my eyes. Uh, it's 8 in the morning here, probably uh, around 11 your time, correct?
1: I actually got about 10 o'clock, so it's oh, just a little okay. bit earlier, so it's good. It's good.
0: Oh, okay, wait right on. Uh, so tell me a little about yourself, Gary. How long have you been a paramedic for, and how did you end up from Ontario, Canada, to North Carolina in the USA? Yeah,
1: Scott, it's an interesting world. Uh, when, when we're introducing each other, it was, you know, hey, we're both from pretty much the same part of the world and stuff like that. I've been down here for 30 years, actually, uh, in North Carolina. And I ended up down here because of my parents. Okay. Uh, they were um, uh, a big tech age in the in the 80s. There's a the place called the Research Triangle Park down here. And it moved a lot of Canadians with Nortel or BNR, Bell Northern Research. That's how my dad got down here. Yeah. So he was working in Ottawa, and uh, we ended up coming down here, and uh, we just haven't left. Um, like I said, 25 years uh, as a paramedic, 28 years in the profession. You know, I, I got kind of happy down here. You know, there's minimal snow, and, <laughs> and when we do get snow, it gets a lot of fun because <laughs> nobody can drive. And we're running out of milk and, uh, milk and bread. So uh, it's kind of a unique thing when we have the uh, – down here in North Carolina. So I've become real accustomed down here. The uh, EMS agencies down here are – really really good to work for they're they're very progressive um and it's uh it's it's a great culture to work in down here so that's how i've that's how i got down here i got married down here (laughs) my wife has said i'm not sure i want to go back up to you know canada for snow Uh, she's from southern northern virginia area so she dealt with snow just enough so she's happy to kind of stay right here so it's actually pretty good so yep that's 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 kind of my story in a nutshell of how i got here and Uh, how I've been a paramedic as long as I have been here and not joined the, uh, went back up to Canada uh, to work up in Canada. So nothing against Canada. Great place. Love it. Love it. Want to get up there. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. I uh, never heard about that uh, with uh, North Carolina. Uh, Whereabouts in Ontario did you uh, grow up?
1: Yeah, Scott. I'm from originally from London, Ontario, um, okay. which uh, affectionately known as the, the 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 line, if you will, between the Detroit Red Wings and, and Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a kind of interesting place. But I was born and raised in London, and uh, I spent about two years in Ottawa before I moved down here uh, in 1984. So, but yeah, so London, Ontario, the the snow belt, if you will. Awesome.
0: Right on. Um, You uh, mentioned in your uh, interview that you're a tactical paramedic. What is that compared to a normal paramedic?
1: Yeah, um, so tactical medic, and actually, Scott, to to clarify, when I was a Wake County EMS back in '06 to '09, actually I was there longer than that. That was my time frame as a tactical medic. And uh, tactical medicine has really came into its own down here. Uh, The difference is, of course, there's a selection process. There is uh, obviously fitness and abilities that go beyond the medic and also scope of practice. Um, We are inserted with law enforcement. When we do, whether it be a vehicle takedown, high-risk warrant service, most of them down here were drug service warrants that we went on with them. Uh, We become, and I'll use the term as carefully as I can, the insurance policy, not only for law enforcement, but also for the, the, the folks that are in the house that are innocent and of course, the bad guys. So uh, in my three years with Wake County, uh, I I ran, I think it was 100 missions a year. So three, roughly two to 300 missions. And uh, and most of them are really simple stuff. But I did have a a couple of interesting, you know, scenarios where we had barricaded subjects, and we had different scenarios that played out that were not the norm. Uh, So it it became that kind of interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic. Of uh, I actually got to use skills that I never thought I would, but the training is typically a bare minimum uh, a year, uh, uh, six months to a year additional training on top of your paramedic, and they build that into a program, which is kind of nice, uh, depending on the agency. And so we work real closely with law enforcement. We know those guys pretty well, and we have a really good relationship with them. Uh, actually, where I work now in Orange County is in the integral uh, infancy process of starting a tactical program. So. A lot of the verbiage and a lot of the things that I knew already from Wake County, I'm now bringing just about year, eight years later after I've been away from it uh, into Orange County. So it's kind of interesting to have the dialogue, the conversation, and uh, see their journey because their journey is, is a very interesting one. Uh, so there's some mirroring with that. So, but yeah. So when we talk about the differences, additional training, completely different element and assessment skills, and different uh, strategies, so different stress levels. So it's kind of very interesting. Uh, folks should jump into tactical medicine. So.
0: That, that would be uh, very interesting. So uh, uh, would you guys be allowed to carry or no?
1: So that's an interesting thing. In North Carolina, uh, it's pretty straightforward that um, any uh, EMS professional is at this point not allowed to carry in yeah. a tactical realm. Um, now, uh, the, our medical director at the time was Brent Myers and brent was very clear about our, our role and he said you basically are there as you're in the stack you're with folks, careful about um some of the issues so to answer your direct- question more directly no we're not allowed to carry but we are well trained and very very well versed in the weapons that are with the team um specific whether it was with Wake county or uh, raleigh police department or whomever so we knew how to to return fire but uh once again, our role was very straightforward as a medical support type scenario. Okay.
0: Yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, you also interviewed in your interview uh, how you got AKA blacklisted. listed. I had the same thing when I was in the military. I averaged around uh, 90% on my uh, QL 3 training firefighter firefighter training, which is uh, basically uh, you get trained before your uh, first base, and uh, then I had uh, I got posted to my first base, and uh, I still remember this day. I had uh, my very first meeting with my boss, and I told him, I'm a little bit slow. I'm like uh, the hare, and the turtle in the hare, that, that uh, fairy tale or whatever when, uh when we were kids. Uh, And um, I said, I'm a little bit slow, but once I get it, I get it for life. And uh, I don't know what went on, but I had a lot of issues, which uh, caused me to uh, finally put my release in two years later. Um, How did you overcome this?
1: You know, you talk about the uh, the blacklisting. You know, I had a, my butt bumping and grinding was with a medical director. And it was really, you know, it was a leadership issue, you know. Um, we have a unique scenario down here where some of our EMS are run by the medical director. And it's okay. I mean, some of those systems do very, very well. But uh, my issue was he, he stepped into a role of um, an operational role. And if somebody circumvented, circumvented anything and went to him, whether it was a complaint or an issue, he took a very heavy hand on it, which was very interesting. Hmm. And you know, what was really sad was I kind of, I stood up to the guy and and it just didn't work out. (laughs) And uh, I mean, you know, the, the little guy's always going to lose out. But the sad thing, the example that showed was you had a, at that point, a veteran of 15 or 20 years as a medic who you just basically, and I say blacklisted, um, yeah I mean basically you know it became the uh you know one of my supervisors said it best, you always followed the rules you always were there for us, and this is what happens. I said, yeah, it kind of sucks, and you know and when you ask how I dealt with it, you know it was persistence, you know yeah. um you know ultimately, your name gets out there, and it, it, the irony in this whole story, Scott is the fact that the very place that mm-hmm. I worked. Is where this medical director, who's now actually a much bigger person in the world of EMS and down here in the United States, and in EMS in general, that's where he was trained and was really, really funny. One of his mentors um, has has who was my medical who's used to be my medical director here in Orange, even said, I don't see the problems. So to deal with it, it was persistence. You know, I, I told him and, and I held true to my word. I said, you know, if we have a problem or an issue again, I'm gonna take some time away from the profession. Yeah, I took three or four months away. And my wife said, please go back to the profession. (laughs) And of all the things, all the places, when I was in medic school, there was a place that offered me a job. And one of the medics that I used to work with, I ran into out of a sheer out of the blue uh, and said, you know, would you consider coming to us part-time? And I said, sure. And he was a deputy director and he ultimately hires me full-time. Now I spent a very brief period of time in that agency. But he said, you know, we've never heard anything bad. And then all the other stuff we heard sounds like fluff and crap because we actually kind of know you.
0: Yeah. And
1: so my the reputation outweighed the blacklisting. And like I said, the, the circle comes completely uh, attached, if you will. When I go to work for the agency, the, the guy that kind of outed me, right, he outs me and I go work for the agency that he started at and actually he comes back to. And medical directors or deputy medical directors for his system come from and so and and so he hears it on a regular basis it actually was funny the day he took a bigger job i sent him an email i congratulate him i said man i wish you the best of luck i think it's a great opportunity not expecting to hear one second of a response i got a third i got a 30 second blurb saying thank you he said you know you you've persisted and came through a really rough time and you've overcame obstacles and i was like Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, so it, it, it was kind of like a, uh, like the proverbial hockey fight and, and the guy, the other guy just drops the gloves and says, Hey, I'm good. And, you know, and, and it was persistency, man. Wow. Uh, and that's why I tell folks adversity will build you. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's an exercise or lifting or running or moving or whatever is persistence and, and staying with what you believe in. And, and I, I took a huge hit.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I believe in that organization. Now, I won't work for that organization ever again, probably for one or more reasons. They're in my backyard, and they are, but I saw the organization for what it was and the leadership for what it was, and um, it still is is really ingrained. Actually, great conversation with my current EMS director yesterday. Um, The the organization I work for now does not believe in throwing away people because we, as she says, we invest in people we don't invest in numbers. And she says, I hope we never get to that point. And then she said, it took me three years to get comfortable in that agency when a supervisor, uh, a manager said, hey, we got a problem. And I was, oh great, here comes my, my career lights blinking again. But now I'm in a position or we build a culture that says, you know, you are valued. And and the consistency needs to be there. Um, and unfortunately, EMS, you know, public safety in general, uh, I think we have some old school leaders that still believe that you have to hit somebody in the head with a frying pan to get a, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
0: it. Exactly. Exactly. And
1: it's bad because it just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Get, they go, why do we have to replace people every six months or every two years? Mm. You know, when you intimidate them and make them fearful and you scare them half to death,
0: they're not going to stay. Yeah.
1: But that's how I got around that that was that was a long answer so
0: <laughs> no no that's that's very interesting uh, both uh very similar i uh i found out you probably heard this saying shit rolls downhill uh yep. <laughs> it was uh my uh deputy fire chief who was basically the black cloud who had it out for me um yep i uh It was a little bit my fault because I was still a little wet between the ears. It was a huge learning curve. I had to do a bunch of uh, presentations for my uh, uh, trades training, and I always hated doing presentations. Uh, So... uh, that was huge. Uh, but when they, uh, stopped my training for a bit, I was like, screw this. I'm just gonna freaking show them. And I did all my, uh, all my, uh, presentations. Like I had them prepared on PowerPoint ready to go. And then I yep. get the call to go on another crew. So I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. And then I find out the same stuff is happening. So, uh, I, I don't hold back at this point. And then, uh, those something that hate me and then I'm like, okay, this is really a negative I happens still. I got to do something. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like I gotta go type thing. Right. It's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. Built, built that in there. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my thing was, is I believed in a system and it's not that I'm not believing in a system, but when a system breaks you, it's really hard to get buyback and you have to, it it becomes truthful that you have to look out for yourself. Yeah. If not, nobody else is. And, and, and that's relationship working, whatever friendship, same concept. Yeah. But it took me that time. It took me that lump to get some things going in my life. And and I was in my early forties and going, what the heck am I doing? So, yeah. So it kind of pushed me. So
0: yeah. your fast lono took me uh, a long time to uh, realize that. Uh, and uh, I, like you, I had uh, friends like uh, a warrant officer who uh, basically told me that uh, don't put up with this shit. And I'm like, wow, coming from you, that's really something. And uh, my old yeah. file chief uh, saying, uh if uh, the file department, he was talking about Halifax file department at the time because I was a volunteer back then. Uh, he said, if uh, Halifax file department had as much hull as you, it would be an awesome place to work at. And I'm like, wow, that's something. So just hearing stuff from uh, those people kind of uh, built me back up, so to say.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing is the, the build backup. It's absolutely huge. It's the rebound.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and it's gotta be you, it's gotta be you not seeking it, but you seeing it and it's, it, you can seek it all day, but until you see it and you see that value that you have, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. And that's really, really a bad place to be. And I, I was really stuck for a little while
0: yeah. and
1: it was kind of bad when I was, I was, um, I was stuck for about probably two years and it was sad because i wasted those 2 years but the funny thing is is the day that i got hurt in my ambulance crash i quickly quickly learned that where i was working and you may laugh at this but i work in public safety so in north carolina it doesn't pay fabulous but i work two full time gigs right now and do other stuff on side now, i would technically work 14 days but the two agencies i've chose to work at one is long term which is orange the other one is Austin. they have very similar but also dissimilar type seeking that with the bigger agency i was seeking it and i never looked and saw what i had and and it was it was one of those scenarios that you kind of go dang it i wish i had this 10 years ago but you know it is what it is you know
0: Yeah, it it is, and I definitely think everything happens for a reason. Like right now, I'm noticing uh, things are kind of going full circle, so it's interesting. (laughs) Yep. Um. So. uh, Oh yeah. No. Um. Before. uh, um that day when you crashed your leg, you, you kind of talked yeah. about it. Uh how has your fitness r- routine evolved to uh back then to now?
1: Well, well, you know, Scott, it's really funny. Uh just the other day, actually the last two weeks I've been doing um Archon Ed here in or- in Orange County. So and they, you got an hour and, uh, you know, I pulled those seven, I pulled out the, uh, the, what is your why thing? And we start having a dialogue about it. So before the ambulance crash, um, I was in shape, I was running, I was doing, I was working out. I was, I was doing all the good things, uh, trying to watch what I eat. I mean, it's public safety. So you understand that there's a dynamic there that God, we have to work on, um, post accident. And, and this is listening to people saying, you know, if you weren't in shape, you probably wouldn't hurt worse. Uh, you walked away from the wreck, and all the other things that turned things around. Um, you know, a lot of what I went into was learning about how to reset the body, and 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 you you talk about you know we're talking about Tim Anderson and and folks like that. Yeah. Tim Tim was integral. I I knew Tim over the years, um, but I I kind of caught he caught my eye with a lot of of what he was putting out there. So it was how to do things better as you get older. Um, you know, my buy-in was, I never want, and I showed that when I do the presentation, I show the picture of the ambulance crash and I say, this is my why. And I said, I'd spent so many years in EMS. And I said, this pushed my limit. This pushed where I make buy-in to helping the folks that I'm working with. Uh, now I've got buy-in with my coworkers. Now I've got more buy-in with my employer. Um, it's spawned me to do things. So post incident, post the accident, I got involved with, what hurt people more, lifting and moving? Uh, if, and if you talk to anybody who does public safety fitness, they will say, oh, you need to have a gym. You need to have all this stuff. And, and you know, I talk to people again and again, Gary, we need to get a membership to find out the price of what you have to put into It's actually minimal because the act of movement, and this is why I found out is movement, uh, how you move why you move, how, what's your process behind it, what, what really gets into your, into your primal self to, to, to want to survive. That's what saved me in the wreck. The tactical medical, medical medic in me said you've got to get out of this truck, you got to get the patient out, you got to do things, and that training was there. That was great. Now the question was how to make things mo- better, how to make things move better uh how to reach I, mean, I think i told that i possibly have an arthritic hip and i've got a great doctor uh orthopedist in um down here at unc uh but he uh, and 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 we're trying to sort out how not to have that happen so the training regime became simplistic it became More research-based. Yeah, I did CrossFit for three or four years, and I quickly found out where all the issues of CrossFit lie. And I don't hate on CrossFit, but you know, there's a goal that everybody comes in with, but nobody finds their goal. They 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 go with whatever the workout of the day is. They don't have their path. And for me, my path is really unique. All movement is beneficial. How do you reset your body? and also the big thing is how I train is how I move or how I, it sounds funny, but you work military, you're on the military. How do you fight? You know, that's the thing that to kind of think about, um, you know, that's just something right there. Oops. Hang on. I had a phone call there. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, it, it was really uh, a unique thing that, um, you know, how you, you, how am I going to move and how do I motivate Myself to keep in the game, and that 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 becomes a constant thing. Uh, I'm 48 now. Um, you know, there are days I get up and I'm like, geez, where did this come from?" You know, and I, I don't ever want to make the excuse that, that there's an age issue here. I, uh, you know, don't don't get me wrong. I don't want to have the age uh, conversation because I, I think age is truly just a number. Uh, and if you've done time with Tim, you know he believes whether you're 80 or you're 8 or you're 18. You have the capacity and the vitality to move, and that's oh, that's, that's 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 right on. I, I love the fact that I'm like five miles from Tim's. I call it his his playground because I can go down there and hey, what are you doing? And he's like hanging out. Good, I'm gonna come see you. Not a problem. And uh, dude, there's that he's part of the process. And when you talk about from before to after, uh, I was a runner before. I would yeah, I lifted weights and played with that now there's this theorem there's now there's now structure to to what i'm doing and it's actually really uh it's really a cool thing to kind of see and get a chance to play with the evolution of the last uh probably better half of six years it, it's really i've grown more as a person i'm more as a professional uh, as a human and it took that accident and my wife is so funny about this she goes well what did you learn from this and and if you've been married any length of time you look at your wife, and as I said, guys, we can never get it out enough to explain it to them, and it is yeah. so yeah. funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it is you can never put it in terms they understand, and it's not that they're stupid; they are brilliant, intelligent, awesome people. I give precedence to my wife, but it's really hard to get it out. Uh, You know, yeah, am I on medication now? Yes. Uh, am I seeing a counselor three times a month? Yes. But it's understanding that maybe the biggest thing, Scott, is fitness is just not running and working out. It's full circle. Yeah. It's the full circle. For sure. It's the mental. It's the health. It's the culture. Yep, and that's it. So uh, I think I became more complete. So and accepting your your screw ups and going, wow, did I screw that crap up? And, and being good with it and <laughs> yeah. laughing at myself. So My wife says I don't laugh enough at myself. I said, trust me, you should see me some days. I laugh (laughs) ridiculously bad.
0: (laughs) That's a a very interesting analogy about CrossFit that you just said. Uh, I I never heard of uh, that before, but it's so true. So true. Um, So uh, you kind of uh, touched a little bit about why fitness is important to the first responder uh, uh, just a little bit. Uh, but uh, how should it be or, uh, or should it be important at all? Um, so fitness in general and, and I,
1: part of your question cut off so, so I'm good but, um, but how it, should it matter at all? It should always matter. It should, there should always be something that you're doing. Um, I believe in the statement you're meant to move. Yeah. You're meant to move efficiently and, and effectively and with um, purpose. I believe that. If you don't walk with purpose, you're not living. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure you, you know. I, every day in public safety or in EMS, I see folks that are just there. And, and they're not coworkers. They're patients. But when you see them move, when you, when you see that interaction, um, it's something for you something for your body so it's for your vitality so uh yeah it, it matters at, at any age at any age we know that so, so i think i got your question but if, if i miss something just let me know
0: yeah no 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 that's that's good uh so the last part uh, yeah yeah it's uh Uh-oh. it's cutting out on me
1: Scott is frozen
0: <laughs> you're frozen too <laughs> can you hear me There we go. There we go. I have to do some uh, major editing on this, (laughs) but it's all good because uh, it's been uh, doing this the whole podcast, but we've been having a really good conversation, so I don't want to uh, redo it. Uh, So this is the last part of the podcast. This is called No Bull Rapid Fire Questions. So just one or two word response, okay? All right. All right. So best purchase under $100.
1: Best purchase kettlebell.
0: $41. Nice. Walmart.
1: Walmart. Walmart, really? What? uh, (laughs) Yeah. How heavy? Uh, I've got the, I call it the beginner bill, but it's a 35 pounder for $41. Oh, wow.
0: At Walmart. Crazy. Um, (laughs) Beatles or Elvis? (laughs) Beatles. Nice. Favorite saying,
1: famous saying, say famous saying. Favorite I'm wearing it. saying, oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Move the world, nice.
1: More people ask me about move. What does move the world mean? I'll be teaching CPR class. Damn, this thing in the world, I said. Move the world. What, do, what does that mean to you? And they're like, and they freeze for a second and they get it. And I was like, that's it. Move the world. You can do it.
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, favorite song that you sing out loud with no one watching. Um. Uptown Funk.
1: Good too. I dance to it, but we just yeah we yeah. <laughs> yep. Favorite book. Favorite book. Reading it right now. Uh, Eater, uh, leaders. Leaders eat last by Simon Sinek.
0: I heard about that. It's on my radar sure. actually.
1: Yep. Get uh, get. Uh, what is your why by Simon? It's about a ten year old book when he first started doing it, and then get uh, leaders eat last. It's a great book. Outstanding. Nice. Nice. Yep. Uh beer or whiskey? Uh I'm gonna go with beer because whiskey's just something that I have to miss with. Yeah. So go <laughs> with beer. It has to be Canadian beer because American beer <laughs> just like walla. <water. laughs> yeah, it's like I am mean, not to say I've drank this, but yeah, it's like what is this, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Your American uh,
1: fans may have problems with that, but hey, I'll with it. <laughs>
0: it's all good. Uh WWE or UFC? I'm gonna go UFC, but I was a huge
1: WWE fan. But the UFC more realistic, and they get their ass beat.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was a huge uh, WWE fan too back in the lock days. Yep. Uh, so uh, Actors, yeah. Yep. Now uh, um, talking about the lock uh, favorite lock, lock movie. <laughs> okay, I'm going with Baywatch because there's
1: hot chicks, and you gotta admit. Yes, talk about package, and I'm not talking. And they got Hasselhoff in there, too, Oh, at the end of the movie.
0: I, I've never seen that yet. I, I want to. It's uh, I definitely want to see that, but I've seen all of this except that one.
1: Okay. Hey, it's it's about two hours of mindlessness. Don't <laughs> go in there with any pre-described thoughts. Just go and enjoy the movie.
0: I know.
1: Yep, I know. Absolutely.
0: So um, that uh, probably uh, does it for uh, today. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners out there, Scott? There's tons of things to say,
1: but since this is public safety uh, friendly, uh, man, don't make don't make excuses. Move, lift, research, find out your passion with the job, but understand that your health. It's something that you cannot negotiate with. There are far, far too many people, you know, across the board that have huge medical problems. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's three things I look at. A, you want to change something because you want to change it. You get it. There's, there's the conundrum, whatever. Two, there's the I know I need the changes, and I've lost four or five friends, or I see people dying that I know. So there's external things. And the last one, which is the worst scenario to have, is uh, a doctor, a, a supervisor, a boss, a company, whomever says, you've got to do this and you have no choice, or you're out of a career, uh, you're out of something that you vital, you, that you, 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 you just viscerally love. Um, so <laughs> the, per, the prevention is, is a huge thing right there. Uh, and, and you all, you should, I would hope that everybody goes, I want to do this. I want to do it for the right reasons. I look at myself, my family, the guys I work with and the, and the people we serve and do it for the right reasons. So that's it, man. That, that, that's good.
0: Awesome. Um, it has been a blast interviewing you and, uh, thank you so much, Gary. God, I appreciate it, man. It's been a blast hanging with you.
1: If you need anything else, let me know. Got me on Facebook and all that good stuff.
0: Okay. Thanks. I'd like to thank Gary Pomelo again for joining us on Ops Fitness Podcast. That was a phenomenal interview, so thank you again, Gary. Well, if you guys really like this podcast, rate us on iTunes, because if you rate us on iTunes, the more people can hear this. All right, thanks, everyone, and see you in a few weeks.